then the person naturally start to get curious about because it's not so much into that uh, world of ideas of trying to figure out things. It would just start to touch the bark, moving around. Or I would just say, okay, go down again. You know, now that you are okay, go down again. Try, try again. You know, and you can see magic because the person go up again. But it does it in a different way. It's like it is more present and it just go higher just like that. And you say, wow, it overcome his fears in what, 20 minutes? You know, a whole life of fears. But he didn't have the key access to, to his own potential, you know. Okay, Vic, thanks for being here. I'm really, really looking forward to this. I guess maybe just start out like what what do you do? Just, what do I do? Yeah. Well, I kind of um I kind of flow actually, because it's not a specific thing that you can target that I do this movement that I have created, which is called Tarsen Movement. Um so, but within that concept, uh, it is also an aspiration. It's not mm-hmm. like a setup idea that I'm trying to develop with a specific conceptions of what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's more like an aspiration. Uh, how did you come to this? Like, how how did this develop, or where does this come from? When did you start? Like, give us give us some background. Okay, so the background would be like I'm just a child from Cuba. And in Cuba, you kind of have a relationship with yes, when you coming from the countryside part of the city, which is um, there are fruit. It's a tropical place, so there are fruit trees. Uh, you're gonna be climbing them to grab the, the fruit. That's the first contact with trees that you have as a child, yeah. and that was quite like an introduction. Like I mean. Uh, fruit trees are not the strongest ones, so you have to be careful to not break. You know, mm-hmm. you are thinking about eating because you're hungry, but <laughs> the falling part is just that as present as the fruit. So that's where you start to get in touch with this, um, this, um, what do you say, this uh, universe of the natural world, you know, like uh, take, it, take it more into this uh, personal experience with nature, no? not just with the with the social part and that's what most people start falling uh, on trees and in nature and then this become a trauma and maybe that um, trigger uh, like you know like taking back step back into relate to nature mm-hmm. but um, I don't know for me it was okay like I did have a good experience with this kind of trees and and then there was always this curiosity for nature and somehow I uh, I will I will it will trigger in me you know some kind of curiosity to figure out things you know like to see details small things these and uh, all these questions come later uh, how is the world taking this shape what is taking in this way you know why is these patterns in this tree? All these um, observations will blow my curiosity, or or some energy will be in me like, 
I want to understand these things or I want to learn more about this. But then take it to a different level because it goes with our, unless in my case, it goes with my, with what is happening with my identity, you know, like if my identity or, or the identity in service, what is taking place in that moment of my growing up. Okay, so what is the problems that my identity is facing? Maybe I need to be more alone. Maybe I need to find a safe place. And also I go and look for this safe place and I found it on trees. Hmm. I found it there on on climbing, on being on my own. On, and somehow the tree for me uh, is a safe place. It's a safe place. I can't tell why. Nowadays, maybe I have a couple of reasons that bring me to that um, way of thinking, but uh, otherwise it was a feeling. And feeling as it was, I was just following that. And uh, then I was, I, I found myself climbing trees, like in England when I was uh, living for eight months. There was a, these amazing trees, big oak trees and you know, some pines, they were massive. And there is something about huge in nature that uh, it leaves an impression on us, at least on me. Like, you know, these redwood trees, these 500 years old oak trees with trunks, like, you know. And somehow that was attracting me more than, than the bush, you know? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so I got on these guys and it was like, uh, okay. So there is something into climbing that uh, connects with um, non-rational part. It's just there is a different state of mind. I will does that with the terms I will use for this specific experience. It's a different state of mind that uh, I connect with in, when I climb this kind of tree or when I'm experiencing that uh, solitude. So it's a tree and me and that's it. And even when I refer to to me, it's not like I'm drawing so much. Uh, it's not so much the identity, but it's it's just the presence. My presence, the the, the three presence. If it's not the same in that moment, but for sure it's not the usual way of um, going around in the city, thinking in thousand things, you know. Mm. So that uh, simplicity state of mind uh, was very attractive, very very appealing, mm-hmm. and that's why I keep doing it. I keep doing this, um, and then everything is it becomes like an adding, adding to the context. You know, I will go there, but not just to uh, contemplate. That will also kind of move, and while moving, I will figure out things like, oh, okay, so my feet are kind of bent, just as round as the branches. Which is interesting because locomotion, locomotion speaking, and concerns, you find yourself more comfortable. Um, like you figure out that okay, why not? You know, I have the lo- I have the the things that make that this locomotion is possible in this environment. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of make um, it good. It kind of brought me to a point where I can feel that. Okay, this is a place where I can, you know, kind of develop a locomotion and move around, and I can see how this improves more and more. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing; like, yeah. it was fun. It started to be fun, you know. Yeah. 
so all these things combined, they all enrich, they all make more rich the experience. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's pretty much how everything starts. Yeah. And when you when you talk about that the state of mind, is that something like what do you call that? Like a meditative state? Is it like a flow state? Like how how would you describe what what that is when it's just you and the tree and nature like what what do you, you see that to? that is when the things get tricky i would say to 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 transmit to, mm -hmm. because this podcast uh, people will be hearing you know so depend on what people significance give to to those terms is what they actually will understand of what i'm saying yeah but uh the real thing is um if we have in our experience how we do experience life in this in the first in the first in, like in the how do you say like you can experience life being at one specific state of mind let's say you are i don't know overthinking or thinking a lot or you classify everything and you have all these structures to who which determine your your life experience in, in the first place. Now, you're talking to someone and you're analyzing this person, you are comparing this person with some... All these processes are uh, conditioning the moment yeah. of this experience. So so that is already like a limited, uh, a limited stage, a, a limited experience determined by this specific filter of, okay, I'm thinking, I'm comparing, analyzing, blah, 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 blah. Uh, but sometimes... Uh, and we many of us we do experience this like uh, you can hack somebody you can you know place your head to somebody else who you kind of feel distrust um, and there is this warm and you're just there and it's this state of mind is I would say is different in this moment you kind of you are experiencing life without being analyzing the moment you know comparing the moment using the rational part of your brain so i would say like like this there are like different stages of mind that we can access to mm -hmm. and one of these is what happened to me on trees what happened to me when i'm when i'm when i do imitate animals in the first place, I do imitate them. Then it, it, it is a movement that gets integrated as a pattern, but also not just locomotional speaking. Uh, it's more like it also you get into the skin of the animal. Have you heard about this expression? No. Hey, no. you. Okay, so sometimes you like you can you can feel that you are the thing that you are looking at it. Like if I look an animal and I can kind of feel the animal and stuff. I'm I'm the animal in that, you know? Mm -hmm. So whoever have experienced this is like um you will understand what I'm saying. So this feeling of getting into the skin of something else is not like um it's like an, another step of mind for me. Yeah. So Maybe if I uh, sometimes I I I I do this in the first in the first place, like with monkeys, for example. Mm -hmm. I watch them, I observe them, and in the moment I'm observing them, I kind of feel the monkeys of. It's crazy. It's kind of a 
it's like already my body is trying to imitate it, even if I'm just static. But in my mind, it's kind of I'm I'm feeling this uh, this locomotion that he is delivering, you know, and the way he's moving. Yeah. So this like for me is like the first step learning what I'm just about to experience after when I will try actually to 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 get into the skin of the animal by also replicating the movement that I just integrated in somehow, you know. Mm -hmm. So then I go to the to this to the movement itself. I will just put myself in the position and slowly, slowly integrating the part. I kind of feel again that uh, first impression, you know, and stronger get this feeling. It actually delivered the same image as I was looking at it. Like, I, like I mean, if you if you were recording this movement, you will see that the person is actually getting closer and closer to the animal uh, locomotion. No, because mm -hmm. you have to consider all the anatomic difference and all and all. But it's something there under the which which would you you wouldn't say okay it's because he studied the anatomy of this monkey and he knows so much and you know he's a biologist specialized on this because I'm not at all and it is not my way of um, this is not a, a, the only way of going into this although it's one tool what another tool too comparative anatomy or all this uh, knowledge which is mm -hmm. up there but yeah you asked me about this state of mind and this state of mind is uh, pretty much how it works is like that now once this is integ integrating integrated mm -hmm. and you take it to the tree it's pretty much the same the tree would be in this example uh, the support as well as it can be the floor, you know. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, in the tree, you are kind of in the element where this locomotion has taken place in evolution, you know. Yeah. So it kind of make not sense in the way of a rational way of look at it, but it kind of get more stronger the the feeling, you know. You really feel like you are an animal who it actually kind of belonged to this environment, mm. you know? Maybe not just to that environment specifically, but in somehow you fit there. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how I've been feeling, you know? I yeah. fit to the trees. So whoever say different eyes, I don't care. That's what I think. <laughs> that's simple it gets. Yeah. And yeah, and then you find out that in, you know, even science, would tell you that you belong to that uh, evolutive family and, you know, anatomy compa comparison would say, okay, your shoulder is, uh, you know, I can do all this climbing as well as other members of this evolutive family. And that's what aggravate you, you know, this and the thumbs and some specific element that um, make us, you know, aggravate in the... Darwin's or whatever, whoever did this classification, yeah. and the ape yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really, I really like that. I think there's a real deep sense in which we need to 
sort of get outside of ourselves in order to be ourselves. You know, and that's like you or, said, we're, yeah. we're, we're so used to thinking in certain ways and, you know, that's the way our society runs and, and it's, it's fine to, to, to do that. You know, we need to analyze and compare and all of that, but it's, it's a very small part of who we are, you know, and, and by sort of, I mean, you can do it with, with psychedelics, you can do it through breath work, you can do it through meditation. There's, I think there's, there's a lot of different ways that, you, that are each unique, but to get out of that, that limited idea of who we are and allow us to connect to something sort of deeper, something more, more significant. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a hard thing to, it's part of my work to like allow for this space, you know, or create this space where you allow to the person to kind of, um, uh, finally experience this yeah yeah so that's part of my work description of or this is part of the things that i share share you know in in the experience when i meet uh, students or people who who feel attracted by this experience um yeah hopefully if the person uh, allow for himself to you know to jump into this because he have already resonate and if the person um somehow get to feel the trust and the and the this space that i'm trying to propose you know mm -hmm. then it's, it, it, it is kind of you can see it is kind of magic what's happening to some people like one specific example i will take this sample because it's quite graphic is uh, with the high you know yeah so as soon as you get uh, as high as your fear will eventually trigger mm -hmm. you have a you have a um, i would say is a i believe that the the medical term is limbic response but definitely you can see it uh, anatomically you you can see it in the other person checking you can yeah. see it, her eyes ball you know moving faster than usual you can see in the uh, shaking hands or legs specific the legs are quite uh, amazing how they start to shake so this um, physiological response is um it's difficult to address for so many people in the moment. So usually when this happened, wherever have triggered this physiological response, whether you are jealous or somebody tell you something you don't like, something happened, an event or whatever, and it translates like that, you, in that moment, you run out of your capabilities, your full capa capabilities. Now maybe sitting in a in a chair is not a problem at all, but when you are on a tree or you are doing some sport exercise or you are facing some kind of um, situation where you really need your you know your full potential, then it might it might become a problem, a bit of a problem. It limitates you. It is like you are um, I don't know. It's like you are a child. 
what it is you are not, you know? So you, the child is not the best. <laughs> Probably the child are stronger than us <laughs> related to their body mass. But um, like I'm saying is you are kind of, um, how would you say? You're not on your full. Uh, you, you feel limited in that moment. And it is interesting that the person tends to take a decision whether to get move forward or to get down, you know? So both approach, they, they bring you away. They, they, they kind of um, take you away from what it is, what it will be the possibility to develop a, a new relationship to that state of mind, you know? to integrate that state of mind or to have a better, uh, uh, a different reaction to this, you know, like a, like you are running away. Whether you kind of make a jump, which would be very risky because you are, your, your physiology is shaking and your capabilities are, you know, you're not the best in that moment. So it is, you are actually at risk if you take a decision like that. But if you go, if you go, if you come down, you will not experience what is possible. So anytime you will hesitate again and again to go to that point. So you kind of make yourself small every time, you know, and more and more smaller. Where it is, where I being observing from from my own experience and now nowadays I try to kind of uh, propose it is that if you kind of create this space for the person to to feel that in somehow is being washed by you you know like hey, I'm here you know I'm here I'm just gonna be here for you it, it, that doesn't mean I have to I will, I will do, uh, I will leave the experience for you. This is all on your own, but I'm here, you know, and somehow I kind of give this trust for the person to go into whatever he have to experience. And there is not like a method, method that I will suggest for the person to do it. It's, it's just the, it's just to stay there. It's just to stay there, just stay there. You know, you've been taking a step back or forward. Just stay there. See what is what is this, you know? Give the space to something else happen, different outcome. And that's what uh, usually happening is that after a while, physiologically, you stop checking. So somehow you integrate the experience. You kind of feel um, more... Uh, more impressive, like you start to see the tree again, whether it is you were jumping from one scenario to another, or you were doing so many uh, uh, math, like how oh, I'm gonna uh, get down from here, but this branch, it can break, how can it hold me? Oh, all these questions, you know, would create anxiety and because there is no like a specific answer for all of them. But you can see how the person somehow calmed down um, and then it starts to see the tree as it is immediately uh, in contact with, with this. 
And I think this is amazing because the state of attention bring about uh, in self, it brings about a different perception of reality, you know? Now, then the person naturally start to get curious about, because it's not so much into that uh, world of ideas of trying to figure out things. If you just start to touch the bark, moving around, or I would just say, okay, go down again, you know, now that you are okay, go down again, try try again, you know, and you can see magic because the person go up again, but it does it in a different way. It's like it is more present and it just go higher, just like that. And you say, wow, it overcome his fears in what, 20 minutes, you know, a whole life of fears, but he didn't have the key access to, to his own potential, you know. Yeah, that's one of the things with these um, practices. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And do you see people then can like a- apply that to other areas of their life? Is that something you you focus on helping people to do consciously, or you, you, it happens naturally, or like what? How do you see this fitting into the the rest of people's lives or the rest of your life? But the thing is, if you try to organize something, you will become a guru quickly, <laughs> which I'm not interesting at all because um, somehow it is something that the person have to and only experience by his own. So if you really want to remain like uh, truthful, you know, towards what is really the value on this experience. Uh, you gotta keep it like in. It's always gonna be like the person himself resonate with this, what is seen already. Then it comes, it experience this, and it kind of integrate this. Now, if this have a by extension, open a door in his life. That's there to see, you know. But that's not my um, ground. My line of work, like I, that's not what I offer at all. If this help you in in your life, congratulations, you know. But uh, that's not my thing. That's no, that's not my, that's not what I did. Like I mean, you did it on your own, you know. But promising this is not, uh, is not uh, an option. No. I don't focus in that way. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're really focused on being present in the moment, exploring the tree, exploring that experience. And... No, even that, even, not even that is a promise, you know, it's more like, let's see, you know, let's see what happened. It's, let's see what is uh, up there to, to be discovered. Yeah. But you can't make promise of this because there is thousand things else that can get in, in the way, you know, maybe the person have really like a lot of hesitation to do this maybe it doesn't feel trust at all you know maybe it's not in her day or this activity don't really resonate with them or it's not ready for this it's like a huge step or whatever it's thousand things that can get into the into the way yeah what i'm saying is magic when it happens mm. you know mm. 
And it does happen, and it re you relate, you you kind of develop a different relationship now with fear. That's what happened to the people that uh, effectively experienced this. Mm -hmm. Then again, when they found themselves in this kind of situation, whether it is a tree or not, if they have integrated this, most probably it will trigger automatically this response of, just stay there and wait, you know, allow for something else. Mm -hmm. This time without me. Mm -hmm. So that's a possibility, as I was saying before. Yeah. 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 And, and do you see that as being different? Like the example you, you give of like climbing up high in a tree, like there you can wait. But what about, say, like a jump where you have, like, you just have to decide, like, either I go for it or I don't. And it, it's about, like imagine it's a jump where you're not sure if you're physically capable of doing it. You're, you know, say 10 meters high, like the, the price of failure is, is pretty significant there. It seems like it's, it's like a different kind of fear or it's a different relationship to fear. You can't just sit and wait. It's like, you gotta go for it or, or not, you know, does that. It's not that different. Um, in fact, I've been experiencing this, when I was um, first time to meet Leo, Leo, mm -hmm. Leo Urban in, in Andorra. Mm -hmm. And this is pretty much how he does things. <laughs> He's wild, a jumper. He's amazing. Yeah. And that was completely new for me. Like I was never interested in jump, mm -hmm. jumps. I, I developed my, my technique more into the field of transition and I was more interested in connecting with the tree. Um, but yes, this guy, he specialized in parkour, so he does a lot of jumps. And there we were, where he's showing me his uh, place where he trained and you know, all the things that he does. And we were just and we were just like two kids, one who followed the other, and I was trying to follow him in whatever he did it he were doing um man mostly main most of the things he was performing were jumps yeah and there were some jumps that i will uh just go straight and do it or kind of simple for me you know mm -hmm. but then i meet the real jumps with some high with some length that was not even sure that i could reach that uh, far and what happened is that um, I took a step back. Like I took the space. I need to do this again, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I took the space to, because I started to feel my legs like that. I started to feel my breathing is not okay. I'm thinking in thousand scenarios how this can get wrong mm -hmm. in many ways. And I know that this is a limited way of, this like the tunnel vision, you know, you are already in the rush. Yeah. So I just did as I just described to you. And somehow I, there were like 10 or 15 people looking at of us. He made this jump and he's trying to give me courage and, you know, help me. And here I am and like, okay, you know, wait. Just need to, you know, be here. 
and that's what happened. I, I was there for a while um, until I really felt like the calm, the silence. And from that silence, it was clear for me that I could do the job. Yeah. Like technically speaking, physically, in terms of strength. So there was nothing that, ping, bam, boom. And I just did it my way and it was okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's how it goes with jumps too. Yeah. I mean, it's the same with everything now. Like uh, whether you are climbing a 300 meters building, which I never did, but I can I can see it from outside that this pretty much the same mind uh, process is everything becomes of how how's your presence because technically speaking you're always dealing with what is is immediate to you yeah. you know maybe you have certain aspect to overcome like resistance and you know but what are you grasping is one meter from you that 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 the tree the thing that you're doing on 20 meters is the same that you would do at uh, two meters and you know, if you if you manage this, is it becomes the same. And I think this is pretty much the state of mind of monkeys in general. <laughs> you know, and that's why they jump just like that because they can. Yeah. So that is a new open door for us to explore. You know, this state of mind of where we create or we integrate a different relationship to what is towards what is a process of fear, you know, the nature of fear itself. Mm -hmm. But yes, this uh, is quite something. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And have you ever had a, a big accident gotten seriously hurt? Not really. Like, uh, as I said, my practice used to be very, very smooth, very, you know, slow. Yeah. I will not even do it on groups and all, so... It was kind of me with myself, you know, going slow, developing this connection and body awareness. So not really. I mean, never had the chance. I, 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 I transitioned into this, um, whatever I'm capable now, in a very um, progressive mode, you know? Mm. Mm. More like um, getting more feelings about it different trees and like for example now I can kind of figure out without so much um, knowledge or, or no knowledge at all I can go in a new tree and I just naturally feel the pressure of the branch and you know how he, how it can hold me you know there is always this person who will tell you you know this tree is fragile be careful you know? mm -hmm. and my answer will be it's okay, you know. I will feel it. I will yeah. feel it. How fragile it is, you it will be felt. Yeah. Because we have this um, this feeling, the pressure behind our skin. You know, we we feel this. We we kind of have this. We can develop this connection with the branch, and somehow mm -hmm. that you already know how how much the branch is holding you, or how how much it's gonna hold you, or how much pressure or. I don't know how to say it's like uh, it is there. It is like a sense that you can experience. Yeah. And that already gives you the you know the, the insurance to, to carry on, doing it? Yeah. yeah. 
So I'm I'm curious to hear about the how did you make the transition from like a personal practice of just exploring these things on your own to sharing it with other people and, and doing courses and, and things like that? That was um because after pandemic time I decided to go to Barcelona. I always felt that um in Barcelona and somehow um, there was like more of this alternative uh, movement, cultural movement, you know, people with uh, people with uh, more interest into different things, like a new, how do I say, more artists, more street, uh, more street artists, more things that are going on, mm -hmm. like in this way. And there was this park, I was finding it interesting. It's called Citadel Park in mm -hmm. Barcelona. And in this park, you find so many artists that, uh, at, in the afternoon, you know, like when everyone goes there and they start to move around, you know, doing many things, many different artists' expression. And so I really felt like, okay, if there is a place for, uh, you know, to just be there at afternoons and join with people, make music, gather, move all together, is there. And we just, I just went there. But um, as I like trees, what I was sharing with them is this. I was just showing what I do, what I like to do. And, and people start to get in, uh, curious about it, like, Hey, show me how you do this, or can you repeat this, or what is this? You know, all this uh, curiosity was there from some of friends, and that's how everything starts. Uh, we start. I start to share this, Um eventually, because I was kind of uh, looking for my own way of, you know, support myself. Uh, a friend asked me, like. Uh, he proposed me like, hey, we were talking about work. So he said, okay, why just, you know, just do what you do, but just, you know, make it a little bit more structured so people can kind of participate in this. And that's how everything starts, start giving classes one-to-one -one and then groups. And it was kind of fun. I give me, I, I give myself also the space to, you know, to, to kind of structure this because it was more like a personal experience. So, so I started to have a bit more of curiosity about specific techniques, all these concepts that uh, for now for me all make sense, but now then progressions. Progressions was a key word for me. Like a friend told me about progressions. Hey, what are you talking about? I only imitate so they can imitate me, but uh, that's not how it works. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I have this way of uh, see things like I, it was my experience. I, I only imitate and then explore. So I wanted to tell, do it in that way. Tell me more about the progressions. What do, you, what do you mean there? Like breaking down a movement into different parts and going step by step, or what does that mean? Not so much into, not, it's not like I'm going to take a book and write down all this. And break down the movement, but 
more like considering the fact that people would not have the same body awareness or physical condition that I was having. So this consideration, this taking in account that uh, we're not the we're not in the same situation, which means that I I I consider and I observe how they are, and therefore I can adapt my practice to them, and show them like um you know easier easiest way to access or or not expose them to things that can really you know just don't make don't make a jump in the first day you know if i if, if i'm seeing you having problem with the squatting and falling and you know not uh, uh amortuating a fall or whatever so these kind of things just considering this um yeah but nothing like break down the movement because that was already for me like um not the way at all like uh I was always learning by imitation. Whatever, whenever somebody tried to explain me something, it would make it harder. So I, I, I remember a guy from Berlin. He was in Barcelona. His name is Neil, Neil Sters. He's, he's a quite known for uh, breaking falls and smooth. And well, he's a good guy. In and he's also very. Um, do you say remarkable his work so he was there i didn't know about him and we just met in the park and we were just you know like hey what what kind of move do you do and he was doing some things and i was trying to imitate him and he was trying to explain me these things and uh, i think he had this uh, very gentle way of teaching you you know explaining you very structural um but I was taking from this zero man. It was like, okay, this is not my language at all, you know. <laughs> can you just do it again? Uh, can you just do it again and do it again? And yeah, and it was like, I don't know, handstand to helicopter exit or something like that. And yeah, half an hour later I was doing this. Mm-hmm. And and somehow it took it took for him eight months to get there, and we were doing this in eight in half an hour. So, so there is something about imitation that, uh, of course, later you have to you know practice more and make it smooth and all of this. But the the basic understanding of body awareness, I think it is it is it is better to get it first by imitation. But then you have to consider that people already have lost their body awareness. The one they have when child. So somehow this is what makes the difference for me. I never kind of lost this body awareness. So that make it easy somehow to absorb new movement patterns and, you know, be able to be open to absorb. Mm-hmm. This uh, this way of absorbing we have we all have we all have when we are kids. It's the way. It's the way of learning. You know, I I would say it's the main way of learning for child. You know, they they watch with this kind of attention, this freshness, and they just go and experience by themselves, and that's it, magic. Yeah. Um, then you have practice consistency 
and all these these things go after you know yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's great that's great i mean when to hear you speaking like this it really reminds me of the only other people who i've had this kind of conversation with are dancers um, dancers yeah, yeah. specifically I, I do a fair amount of like contact improv do you, do you know that mm. yeah i know yeah and and in that world there's a lot of people who i think they they get you <laughs> and they, yeah. they they express themselves in a really similar way where it's you know it's just so living in the body right and i think for most of us uh yeah we live in the head and then make efforts to connect to the body and and it's it seems like you you live in the body and and sometimes journey up to the head um, well it's neither one or another you see either of both of them they are limited mm -hmm. limited uh approach if they have like you see whether you are a mind a mind person who is thinking the whole day or a body person who doesn't really think at all but it's more like you know moving the whole day mm -hmm. they're not contradictory between them there is a link there's a fusion between them yeah. if neither of two is taking the main stage like if you consider it by chance that being thinking is one state of mind and being more like aware and close eyes and contact dance is another, but you see the brain as a whole bigger thing than this, then these stages of minds are um, part of our capabilities, you know, yeah. to switch to shift between them, to fusion them, to experience life, you know, but not get a, get a specifically attached to one. That's what you limitate the experience, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's what I what I kind of feel or experience. No, I anyway. agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I guess many many times so far in, in the conversation, like I've I agree with you, and I've. I've come to like a, a very similar, I don't want to say conclusion, but like, I, I think similarly, but I, I think the way that I approach it is very different. Um, and it's, I guess I'm curious, like, is this all coming just from your exploration with trees? Is this coming from things you're studying? Cause I mean, a lot of what you're saying coincides really nicely with neurological studies, psychological studies, like books have been written about this stuff that you're talking about. And I guess I'm, I'm curious how much of it, is coming sort of from the ground up, just from you being in your experience and observing your experience. How much are you influenced by what other people are thinking and writing and doing? Like, where where is all this sort of coming from? Well, I think that the closest closest um, um, closest things that you can relate this way of uh, express that I'm that I'm just the way I'm expressing this, would be like those teachings from Krishnamurti, Kidu Krishnamurti. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you something, like I went into England and I was in one of these Krishnamurti school for eight months, uh, volunteering program. And then I went to India and visit other schools. So I was pretty much into learning what this guy was saying. Mm -hmm. It was kind of 
it was kind of appealing, you know, this uh, way of uh, seeing life. But just as a way of seeing life is just as limited um, as any other thing. So, which means that I spend also readings and books and, you know, uh, energy on, on doing this. But at the end of the day, it will not necessarily make a difference for what the way I was experiencing life. Mm -hmm. we just, I was just drifting into a different kind of uh, authority knowledge, which yeah. in this sense would be, okay, Krishnamurti teachings or whatever, books and this and that. So at some point, a book is just a book that um, if you get attached to, the, to that knowledge, or you function through that knowledge, you are just as limited as any other belief, science or religion or or um, whatever knowledge that you make yourself the authority of your behavior, you know. Mm -hmm. So experiencing life out of uh, the knowledge part is is completely something else. Mm -hmm. Like uh, like I was telling you, I can tell you, okay, this is what happened to me, and you're not necessarily going to experience this in three, you know. So it's something you you gotta feel it by your own, and that's pretty much the the main thing that the person himself will will tell you this Krishnamurti guy. But what you actually do is trying to repeat his words, you know, get into the mind of his words. So you're trying to imitate something because you yet didn't experience it in that way. You know, you didn't have, you don't have yet the link or whatever happened to the subject mind is not integrating yours. So that's something, that's a completely different thing. And, and yeah, I mean, this is this is what um, this is what make a different um, now when I have to face uh, some fears, whether it is psychologically or physically speaking, something also involved like a jump or whatever. Mm -hmm. Is this um, this link with this? state of mind that allow you to kind of uh, be be you know not just repeat the text it's not like i'm in the branch i'm oh chris i want to say this okay oh, so you know, <laughs> it doesn't work like that yeah but probably that's what i was doing at the beginning you know like this is what we tend to do mm. take any guru or any person and or any scripts or whatever and you repeat it you believe in something and you work through this knowledge Knowledge itself is not in a state of mind. Like it is just a database. You know? It's not the link to to perceive things different. Mm -hmm. You can read as much, but uh, you know, it doesn't mean most you more you read the uh, better the experience or or different will be experience. You know, probably you get more limited even. Yeah, yeah, kind of. There's a lot of studies that corroborate that. There's definitely there's a lot of evidence from that. It's kind of sad because uh, 
in the way we it would be amazing you know if we just can read the book and that's it integrated yeah but you get all the way around you get more tough time after you read yeah yeah so yeah so what uh, i mean apart apart from the monkeys what is it that sort of inspires you or are there people that you look to or things that you look to to sort of guide you forward inspiration how do you how do you move man i always be inspired by animals in general animals and nature is the main thing mm. i get inspired by birds and some other animals in general i can kind of see them as uh, you know their specialization and wow it's like my god look at how they specialize how they can fly what yeah <laughs> so it triggered my imagination that i am trying to build a machine to fly or whatever um <laughs> is that crazy um but there are people there are people also very interesting around uh, leo is one of them like Leo is also one of these guys that have a different relationship with uh, with his um, fears, you know. That's why you can see him jumping around. But also, who else like this? I mean, if we talk specifically about people, not many people comes to my mind, to be honest. Like this guy I told you before, Neil. Mm -hmm. I really, I really see something in the way he transitioned. You know, he did understood how to fall from whatever position, and that's amazing. Like uh, it's one of these things once one to have integrated when you when you're gonna fall. You know, like just transition from from one part to another. Like it, nothing happened, just like water. Mm. So that ability of being water is amazing. Um, Leo would be more like fire, full, full power, full, uh, full technique. Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's mainly on nature. It's not so much on people. Yeah, yeah, I would say. And and how do you do? You see that as something that's just kind of like it's just your thing. Do you see that as like innately human? Where do you see this as? Like where does this come from? This what do you mean? The, because yeah. I think for for a lot of people listening or people who who watch like like when you go on, on all fours and like the mobility you have in your shoulders and the sway in your back, it looks like you know, like an orangutan or something. And it, I think there are a lot of people who will sort of innately just be like, wow. And then there are a lot of people who their second reaction, like their thought will be like, yeah, but what's the point? Like, mm. and, and I guess I'm curious, like when someone says, yeah, but what's the point? Like, what do you just say? Well, if you don't, if you don't see the point, then don't worry about it. Or do you have like a, a response to that? Like, how do you, how do you engage with people when it, the question is just kind of like, why, you know, what's the point of imitating animals? Why? <laughs> What what well, benefit does this give you? Obviously, they don't at first resonate with the activity. You know, mm. they, they 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 don't feel it. I mean, this is quite uh, 
okay, like we don't resonate with everything, you know, that's, uh, yeah. that's the first thing for sure. Yeah. It's acceptance, you know, this is how it is. Mm. And that's amazing. I don't resonate with, uh, I don't know, racing cars or whatever. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, was the why do I have to question this in the first place? Yeah. Would be the second thing, you know, like, um, why do I need to, uh, why do a person need to find meaning, you know, to see that uh, the person is trying to find meaning into what I do? Mm-hmm. So he's limiting. He's uh, he's limited by his seeking meaning into whatever he see, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you do resonate with something, most probably you don't need for that thing to have meaning for you. Mm-hmm. It just it just that resonate, you know. You you just do resonate with this hmm. maybe you also need to have meaning to to put some meaning on this because it depends on everyone each individual how they do experience life what they what they, when they see me walking on four would be the reaction you know maybe they experience life through um as i was saying they resonate with what they see and that's it enough you know mm-hmm. Or they have like an authority of things to have meaning wherever they are, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's both of them. Maybe they do resonate, but they don't find meaning. And they have a conflict with this. But they, I don't I don't necessarily see a conflict on that. Like you can see Michael first swimming and not finding meaning in, in making a race out of this. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are two separate things, you know. It's more like a, a physical experience of seeing something by your eyes, you know, kind of uh, get attracted by this. It's like, I don't know, you like po- poetry. I like, uh, uh, I don't know, I'm making things with my hands and I, or that guy likes music. You know, there is something on us that uh, resonates with different things. That's it. Mm-hmm. And... And after this, what you think about this and whether you need to have meaning for things or not. Yeah. yeah. And most of us probably don't have a, a self-awareness of on that nature, the nature of their inner process. They have this reaction, you know. Mm. They go linear, like, I don't find meaning. What is the meaning of this? You know, it's like uh, immediately like, so meaning for them is like, it should be that. That's it. Over. Mm-hmm. They're not aware that they are looking for me. You know, in the first place. Yeah. So it's like being in the cinema, watching a movie without being aware that you are in the cinema. Mm-hmm. You are in the movie now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, for me, it's okay. Yeah. That's the question for me. It's okay. It's not yeah. growing up. Have Have you ever spent time with with indigenous people doing hunting, tracking, anything like that? Not really. I mean, that would be amazing. Eh? Yeah, that I would think. be super amazing. That's one of the things that I find interesting in doing this. Uh, all this kind of collaboration. Like mm. now, you have actually today. There was this ninja warrior from Australia. 
he I think he's the winner of the Ninja Warrior from Australia. And he was kind of inviting me to to join him in the in Australia and say he's kind of Aboriginal descent or something. Okay. Although he looked very blonde. Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I guess it's more like a feeling for him. Um yeah, I mean this this would be very interesting. Yeah. Like looking forward, of course. You should, you should come with me to the Kalahari, man. To, to what about you know, the you know the sun, the sun people, the um, the bushmen, the the original humans. They like we all evolved from them originally, and they live in in Namibia. So it's in Botswana, Namibia, Zimbabwe, in that in that area, and. Just, I mean, there's a really deep resonance between what you've been saying with the animals and the way that they they track and they hunt. So the way they describe it is like they're entering into the spirit of the animal, and they, I mean, they have they have lots of dances that are like imitating different animals. So have like a giraffe dance, an elephant dance, uh, a kudu dance, an elon dance, and there's a whole sort of ritual around, like, I mean, the way that they describe it is like entering into the spirit of the animal, and so they understand where it's moving they know where to go to find it and then when they're actually tracking it and they're following in its footsteps oftentimes what they'll do is they'll run in in single file and the person in front has almost like an out-of-body experience it's like a trance experience where they're just they're entering into that animal and it's so powerful for them that like they're they're not aware of their own body really and so the person behind them is following their tracks and when they see that the person in front of them, their tracks are starting to weave, they're getting tired, dehydrated, whatever, they'll like tap them on the shoulder and they'll go around to the back and then the next person goes to, mm. to track. And so it's, you know, there's no rules. It's not like they always do this, but this is, you know, in sort of general terms, that's mm. that's kind of what's happening. And people, it's really amazing that they get to a place where like the tracks completely disappear because it's hard ground or, or whatever it is. And they just they just sort of connect and they're just like, okay, it went that way. And they just go and they, they know where it went, you know, and it's like, I've, I've been there with them. I'm looking at the tracks and I'm like, I can't see shit. Like, I have no idea where it went. I don't know if it's one animal or 10, like it's, it's very advanced stuff. And it's happening when it's hot, you know, you don't have food, you don't have water. You've been running for an hour, two hours, three hours. Like it's not optimal conditions for mental clarity, but they're just, they're in the zone and, and they just know, you know, and it's, mm. it's this sense of like, when you're talking about learning by imitation and and you know getting out of the sort of analytical mindset i think there's a that's like a very essential human ability to be able to do that you know and i think if if that weren't an innate part of being human like we wouldn't exist today we wouldn't be good hunters we wouldn't be able to get enough food to create the brains that we have that you know we've used to create the society we live in today like it's it's a fundamental part of who we are and it's something that i think very few of us connect to and almost no one on a regular basis you know but i i, I think it's it's incredibly powerful you know and, and you when you talk to these people and you see the way they move and you see the way they interact with their environment it's like they're living that like that the the whole divide between humans and nature like doesn't make sense it's like no like we we are nature like we are animals and we're in constant contact and in collaboration with them and it's like yeah it's 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 very difficult to put into words but it's it's a it seems like a many ways what you've been describing is like a description of the way they live their lives mm, interesting yeah. yeah 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> basically, you were describing this, and it uh, remind me an experience that I have um, in the last intensive mm. with guys, where it was so cold, man. My God, so cold. I hate cold. <laughs> it's something cold is like, ma, especially because you kind of have to wear things and you 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 get smaller, you know, so you move less. And generally speaking, I'm someone who always try to feel like he can do something, grasp something, you know, that mobility is there. And the cold doesn't help so much with this. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have this fire and they are, we're just resting from the day and everything is wet. The trees are wet. It's cold. And but there I am, and somehow I take it out of my shirt, and I was just looking at the fire and connect, you know, like abandon this uh, identity forms. So I'm just looking at the fire that moment, and I am what I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. It's not that I am, it's, it's, it's actually the opposite, it's more like I'm not there. I've I been the fire right now, right. So maybe you can do this trip with me. So I'm being the fire right now. And I just felt like, okay, moving. I'm starting to go up in the trees. Mm. It's dark. The trees are kind of, uh, it's an old forest. So it's kind of, everything is kind of breaking. You, you would not tell by seeing, by using your eyes, what is going to break and what is not. Mm. So it's completely relied on on this feeling of the pressure and and that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it is cold, so I start to shake, you know, like and the grip is not the best. And then I start shouting like an animal, you know, like Ooh! Ooh! things like that. Mm. And enter it into this kind of um, state of being. Mm-hmm. That that's it. I'm the animal now, mm. and the animal. And I was just shooting so much that no fear, no call, super strength, like not the strength I will uh, use normally mm-hmm. because it is wet. So uh, I, I can feel like my mother really grasping the the tree. I'm moving like very consciously, very well. The thing itself is that um, there is so much within us that we don't explore because we are so limited by the fear or this the usual state of mind that we inhabited. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so it's not like making war, war to this. Uh, specific state of mind because they also serve us i mean we are this is part of us i can't make a start a war between my state of minds but definitely is some it's amazing where where we can go you know where we can explore and experience and and i did get fascinated by this i was jumping not jumping i was moving through many different trees they're all wet. Some of the some of the branches are breaking, and when they break, I was like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> like, 
no <laughs> like fear is not gonna it's not gonna enter now you know yeah. this is not a woman not no room for fear now i was yeah. just carrying on and, and it was amazing so beautiful yeah and yeah i think this is um one of these places that amazed me it really amazed me and is part of my main motivation to carry on what I'm doing because the educational part is one thing, but the real living this on my own skin is the main thing. It's the main thing. And if you say these guys are doing like that too, man, I love to meet them once. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think you're really, you're hitting on like the essence, right? That's, you look at any sort of spiritual tradition, um, almost any indigenous group, like that's that's what humans, I think, have always organized their life around until very recently. That type of experience of really mm. connecting with that power. It feels like it's it's almost beyond yourself, right? And so you can call it a god, you can call it Jesus or Buddha or you know, whatever you want, but it's like I think it's yeah, it's just an innate human ability ability that we have. And we can access it through, yeah, through the, through the trees, through the cold, through heat, through fasting. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways to get there. But it's, I think that's exactly what is it, it is. Is it's it's letting the mind go, letting our limitations go, and just connecting to like who we truly are, to our to our real essence. You know, and it's such a we are so thing. limited, Eric. We are so limited by these conceptions of ourselves, mm-hmm. the self concept. It's already like the main limitation, you know, because everything is related to the self nowadays. Mm. So, and all this experience, they all have in common the self is not. Yeah. It's not there. It's not limiting the experience, you know? Mm. So that's the main thing. Everything that we do nowadays encourage our own image, our own self concept, uh, you know? It's all this looking at yourself, related to yourself. Everything is about the self thing. So, you know, it's like every other thing. If you if you fill it up, a glass, our glass with the self, there's no room for anything else, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what taking place usually, you know? Yeah. Even for me, sometimes it's like the self, the self, the self. And we wake up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, but the society we have built, it didn't encourage it. Everything is about this. It make it more powerful. All the stimulation is to stimulate this self of you. Hmm. So and it's it's a it's a pretty new concept, actually. Very similar to like Chinese medicine or Ayurveda. Like there was throughout Europe, there was this understanding of of like the humors, right? So there was like if you were angry, you were exhibiting a certain humor, a certain sort of elemental energy the same way if you were sad you had a different humor it was more of like a water a wet sort of constitution or you know you could have a fiery constitution or or an, an airy constitution like very, very very similar to the ayurvedic understanding of medicine and this was like throughout europe this was common knowledge this is the way medicine worked it was the way philosophy worked if you if you like shakespeare is a really good example if you look at shakespeare through that lens you can see he, it's, we, we interpret it as metaphor. We think it's a metaphor and we think it's really poetic, but it's not. That's just, that was common knowledge at the time. Like 
the idea that like I am an individual with my set personality, like that didn't exist. We were just like a temporary structure that different energies moved through. And so like if there was a lot of fiery energy moving through, through me at one time, well, then I would need some more watery energy to kind of cool that down, you know? But the idea of like, I have a personality, I have a psychology, I have a set way of being, like that didn't really exist. It's a pretty new concept. And I'm not saying it's all bad. Like I think there is, you know, we can we can get to certain places by thinking in that way. And I think it's it's fine in some contexts. But, but it's, I think it's also really helpful to remember that like our idea of us as like a, a solid, stable unit with an identity and you know a purpose and a psychology and importance and all of this stuff like it's it's pretty it's very very new in the history of humanity it's it's pretty new in the history of our society and it's not it's definitely not the only way of looking at things i don't i can't even figure out one thing which is in which this is an advantage I mean, maybe you you can, but I mean, in which scenario to have an identity who suffer to feel fear, who is so much into whatever it is experiencing, you know, anxiety, this and that. How is this actually contributing to our life experience? Mm -hmm. I can't find an example. Yeah. I mean, within the the sort of confines of society, if we're talking about like being successful, having a career, making money, making a name for yourself, it's very, very useful for that, right? If we if we zoom out and say, yeah, but what about just like quality of existence and just being? Then no, that's not useful. That's not useful for that. It's only I think no, it's only. Even, but even to make a career or get successful at something, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily determined by you to having an identity. Why should I? I mean, you can still study a lot because you feel motivation about it, you know? Mm. And you can still uh, have the the projection because most of the our identity have to do with projection and the way we record things and we save it and, you know, you relate and establish all this timeline. Mm -hmm. But... Um, the timeline itself, I don't see how it can be uh, necessarily the problem as long as you are not attached to the phenomenon itself. You know, it's, it's very useful to predict weather conditions, to grow things, to, you know, to look like for real survival, mm -hmm. projection and anticipation and um, all of this process that we are capable of. They are amazing, you know. They really improve our situation in general, you know, uh, it's like our main skill, our main um, ability as a as a, as an animal, you know, the ability to project something, to anticipate. But when it gets combined with your own image, then it becomes limited. But I don't see. It. I mean, there can be a person without the. I mean. It, of course, it's a theoretical thing, but hmm. do you think that uh, because you have an identity, you would not be able to project the, the things in the future, like things in the in this line, in this 
future projection that we do in our brain. Mm-hmm. Because I don't see that it has to go one with the other. You know, yeah. the pro the the process itself is projecting things, mm-hmm. not necessarily projecting you. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. But of course, if you put it together, the whole structure, and you say, okay, so myself is kind of uh, uh I want I want to become successful, you no? Know? Mm. But then you have a frustration because you don't. So you say, hey, the problem is that I did anticipate this, I did uh, project this, so let let's not project anymore. Mm. No, you are suppressing the skill because what the real conflict you have with your identity of not being successful. So you are, it's like, uh, you know, you have a problem with the cell and you you take the whole organ. So mm-hmm. now you start being more limited because you are even limiting your your, your skills in self. Mm-hmm. It's kind yeah. of crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I think, you know, on a basic level, we need to know whose mouth to put food in, right? Like if I want to feed this body, I've got to put food in this mouth, right? And I've got to... I've got to have a sense of sort of who I am, where I start and where I stop, you know, if I'm going to be providing a house for my son or, you know, for someone else's son um, or, you know, both, but I can't provide a house for everyone. Right. You know, so I think on some, on some level, there does have to be a, a limit to, yeah, to my sense of identity. And I do need to to think of myself as an ego in some sense. But I think where where that limit is and how firmly I believe in it, I think is is an open question for me. And I, and I think there's a difference between believing in something like this is the truth, this is the only way of seeing things, or say, well, this is a way I'm going to look at things for now. You know, this is uh, not without being attached to the idea. Basically, is what I'm saying. And I, and I think. You know, if you, if you look at, at Buddhism as, as an example, like it's it's much easier to be a good Buddhist if you live in a monastery. You know, if you're single, you don't have kids and you can either, you know, you just have the food provided for you. Like it's much easier to be non-attached and not be in an egoic state of mind. When you're living in the society that we live in and, you know, having to make money and provide for yourself, for your family, then a lot more nuance comes into play. You know? And... Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's you know to to draw like a red line and say like this is where an ego is important. This is where it's not. Like I don't I don't know if that's possible. But it seems like just for for functioning in our day to day world, like some some measure of identity, some measure of attachment to this body, to this locus of consciousness. Like I think it's necessary. How much? When? Why? open questions okay it will be our perspective yeah, yeah. all right yeah. um is there, is there anything else you want to you want to cover anything you want to talk about um no it's okay yeah. i mean yeah. it's fine yeah. i'm fine okay cool well, well thank you really really appreciate the conversation you're welcome yeah. it really triggered my curiosity with this um kalahari people yeah, yeah. I'll be. I'll send you some more information. And yeah, well, I guess I'll say because I think this this will probably be going out pretty soon. 
um, we're, I mean, I'm going to, to your workshop in, in La Gomera. Yeah. So we'll see you there. And if anyone else is listening and wants to join, uh, I'll do your promotion for you. You should go. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be in touch. We'll, we'll talk more about all this stuff for sure. All right. All right. Okay, right. brother. Thank you, Vic. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Yeah, take care. Bye-bye.